So, all right, who's kicking this off? You or me? I don't know. Uh, what do you th- What do you think? That was good. That uh, was. I'm definitely gonna use a little bit of that though. <laughs> that wasn't the intent. Uh, we were just warming up. Um, so, yeah, I'll go ahead and get us started, and then uh, you know we'll do a little Chris intro, then flip it, um, and then we'll do the boat show recap. How's that? Sounds good. All right. Well, hey, Chris Smith, thanks for joining me, bud. Yeah, absolutely. Happy, uh, happy to be here. Sorry, it's not in person. Yeah, life gets in the way sometimes, but uh, you know it's 2023. So after a little bit of uh, fumbling around with the recorder and plugging things in and unplugging things, we got it to work. So no worries. Even though we're, you know, as the crow flies, probably two miles from each other. We could we could probably do this with bullhorns. <laughs> we could. I'm just gonna go in my yard and shout. <laughs> <laughs> so you've heard Chris on the Splice the Main Brace podcast several times. Uh, well, you you heard us, you'll hear us several times after you listen to today because we've got a little bit that we recorded up at the Annapolis Sailboat Show last weekend. So we'll share that tonight. But uh, you also heard Chris on the episode when we sailed to Cape Charles when we were on Tranquility Base. Uh, but Chris, if you would just, uh, you know, let's back up a little bit. Let's... Talk a little bit about Chris Smith. Uh, give give us uh, a little a little bit of background, and then maybe touch on how we met. Sure. Yeah. So I uh, I got bit by the sailing bug when I was I don't I don't even remember I was I was little, um, but uh, started out kind of messing around. We had some friends who had a, a shore house down the Jersey Shore, and uh, so we went down there for a week, and I spent a week at a sailing camp. Um, sailing on, on little sunfish and there was like these little barrier not barrier islands but little like spoil islands in uh, Barnegat Bay that you, we would sail out and have like lunch on for the day and we were probably like 10 or 11 and there was not a whole lot of adult supervision and it was just it was glorious it was a lot of fun um, and so not not long after that I, I got bit by the bug and, and fast forward a little bit um, my wife Ryan and I spent a couple years fixing up an old Pearson aerial uh, took her down the ICW, down to down to the Keys and back from uh, from Virginia here in Virginia, and uh, you know since then have have been uh, been working and, and started a family, but uh, did a little bit of, of, of sailing podcasting myself and uh, had some good good sailing adventures here on the bay and um, and yeah you and I Scott met via via a podcast basically our mutual friend Jeff Wedig introduced us. Um, kind of when, when he came down to the Ware River Yacht Club to, uh, to receive a, a very pre- prestigious award. The, uh, you'll have to remind me what the name of the award is, but, uh, <laughs> but we all met yes, then. <laughs> yes, yeah, the Wesley Mork uh, Award for Contributions to Sailing on the Bay. That's right. That's right. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and then and you, we've had some good, some good sailing, sailing time since then. I've crewed for you a number of times on, the, uh, on Cherry Paha Sailing on the Albacore. Uh, the Governor's Cup. Uh, I don't. I don't think we had a particularly good showing that year, but we we had fun. Um, but we showed, we and did. that's what's important. We did. That was. I was the, and that was. I think possibly the first time I, I've ever raced in a sailboat. Uh, what did What did you think of it? I was. I mean, the starts are like super exciting. Really, uh, it's it's definitely uh, you you know mixing it up and trying to trying to time everything and you know. It, it gets a little heated sometimes. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, that, w- that was early on in my uh, skippering career. I had sailed 
down in Hampton and Wednesday night races and on some, you know, round the buoy stuff and some distance racing as crew back in the nineties. But I had never skippered in a regatta until that year that you sailed with me. That's my first year sailing as a skipper. And I'm glad you used uh, the word exciting because I think scary and ridiculous and out of control probably could fit too. Cause I uh, spent the weeks leading up to that regatta watching YouTube videos on sailing tactics, specifically starting tactics. And there's a lot to it. It's not just like sail up to the line and go. So it all made sense when I was watching the videos and mentally I knew what we should be doing, but at even at five knots, it all happened so fast. Like, I, I don't know how I watched, I'm going off on a tangent here. I watched this uh, sail GP series in the Americas Cup with all these foiling yeah, boats yeah. and they're doing, you know, 40 knots. My brain barely keeps up at five knots. I don't know how these guys do it, but um, it was, I thought it was a lot of fun too. We'll have to get out again sometime now that I've got a few years uh, under my belt as a skipper. I, I'm, you know, by no means uh, a super racer stuff, but uh get a little more aggressive with the starts and trying to mix it up and get up in there. Uh, you know, I sailed in the governor's cup with my son this year on Tweety bird on the new albacore. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, it was kind of funny. I, I, I don't know that they'd admit it, but, uh, it was, you know, the Northern Virginia guys come down here and girls, uh, come down here for the governor's cup, uh, in the albacore fleet. And a couple of times, you know, when we hit a couple of good starts, they looked over and like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> We're not used to seeing the, the hosts anywhere near us. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they remedied that pretty quick and sailed <laughs> off from me. But um, we were up there in a couple of starts, and it, it is a lot of fun. Um, and I, I really had a good time. That might have been the first time we sailed together. I, I really had a good time uh, sailing in the Governor's Cup, and I appreciate you going out with me. Yeah, no, likewise. That was that was a fun that was a fun weekend. And, uh, and then I, I know, I, I, I think I made it that year. I can't remember. It was, I think it was COVID. I believe Cause I think the t-shirt has a, as a, like a guy sailing with a mask on, but yeah, uh, I think, yeah, I think the regatta shirt has that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I think I made it out one or two other times and that there was a couple of fun days just kind of, you know, sailing around the Ware river and knocking around mob Jack on the albacores. Uh, they are, they're fun little boats and you know, they're, they're pretty fast on a reach and easy and they, the, the thing I like about the albacore is it'll sail pretty well if you just pull on the sheets and make it go and you generally know like the basics of sailing, but you also can tweak. There's a lot of controls and you once you get into it, you can tweak a lot of things and try and eke a little more speed out of them, but, but they're pretty forgiving. So, you know, you can, you can run around and about pretty good just by, you know, some knowing some basic sailing. So it's a real good fleet for us. You know, we, we built the fleet up at the club from a couple of boats to now, I think we have 10 between the boats that someone either someone owns or the club owns. And, um, it's, it's a real good fleet to introduce people to sailing, not, not just because of the boat, but the sailors in the Albacore fleet are fantastic and they're incredibly supportive. They're all really into the Corinthian spirit of sailing and just want to, uh, encourage everybody that shows up. We've had, you know, our our boats are not the the fastest rocket ships compared to those new ones, the Hapco boats and stuff. But you know, there have been really old tanks out there at some of the different regattas, and there there was one just really old boat had like a, a steel centerboard and a cable to raise it and lower it, and they had three people in the boat and. <laughs> 
everybody in the fleet, all those rock star racers are just super supportive, giving tips and, and, you know, just encouragement the whole time. So that really keeps me coming back. I think it was any other fleet, no disrespect to any of the other fleets, but um, if it wasn't for the people in the U S Albacore association, I don't know that I'd be coming back. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's huge. And, uh, and certainly in my limited experience of it, it, it I, I can attest to that as well. In fact, I think, uh, wouldn't, what's the, uh, the, the guy from up nor- uh, Northern Virginia, who's really fast. Uh, he'd be a good podcast. Uh, yeah, we're definitely going to get Barney Harris. Barney, on, that's so, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Barney's an incredibly accomplished sailor. He's perpetual, uh, us and champion and in a governor's cup champ. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. So you mentioned you and Ryan took your, it was a Pearson aerial, right? Mm-hmm. Firefly. Yep. Yeah. So you mentioned you guys took a trip on that and, um, you know, we kind of touched on the fact that you had a podcast. So where can we find that story? Yeah, it's, uh, it's the Bonnie boat and I, it's still up on online. I, I uh, I think it's bonnieboat.wordpress.com. Um, but, uh, it should pop up in, uh, I know it's an Apple podcast. I would imagine it's in, uh, Spotify as well. Um, but yeah, it is. I did ended up doing probably twenty or thirty episodes, about half of which were um, kind of the dramatization of our blog as we went down the ICW, and then the other half were uh, interviews and, and such stuff like that. Yeah, so I mentioned in the bit that we did uh, up at the boat show on the Gorilla Podcast that I had kind of a fangirl moment when Jeff. You mentioned Jeff introduced us, so we invited Jeff down to the club. Um, his podcast, Shooting the Breeze Sailing Podcast with Captain Jeffrey Weddy. That's right. Um, but Jeff's episode started out focusing a lot on the bay. And like I said, the, the Mork Award is for contributions to sailing on the bay. And we thought collectively that, you know, Jeff did a great job of, of tying bay sailors together and, and sharing the story. So we invited him down for that award. And he was gracious enough to come down and visit us. Um, and he's like, uh, so you mind if I call somebody? I got, I got a, a friend who does podcasts. I'm like, oh, yeah, I mean, of course, sure. Uh, who Who's that? And he said, uh, Chris Smith from the Bonnie Boat. I'm like, no way, Chris Smith lives in, in Gloucester? Said, yeah, I had no idea uh, that you were were local. But it took me a minute to, to get over that, uh, whatever that feeling is. And, and I'm going to touch on that again in a little bit when we talk about the, the boat show. But, um, you know, that's a reoccurring theme with me is I, I got my little don't you're going to blush here, but I got my little sailing heroes and I'd listen to all your podcasts, um, you know, heard the whole story and, and listen from, you know, episode one to, to the end there. And, uh, you know, I, I just thought it was really cool to, to get to meet you face to face. And, uh, it turned out, you know, we're all kind of, uh, I guess just sailors and, <laughs> you know, it's like a little, a little family. Um, yeah, no, I, absolutely. So, yeah, it was really good to get together. We got to spend the afternoon together. We did a pod for uh, shooting the breeze, and that was cool. Um, got to talk about the club some, and I think at the time you well, obviously at the time because you'd just come down to to meet with Jeff, but you weren't a member of the club yet. No, I you you and, and Jim gave me the hard sell that that evening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's my uh, business development background that's, that's at work right. there. There you go. Uh, yeah, but uh, no, it's it's great, and I think one of the things. I've met I've met a lot of good folks through the podcast, and I, I'm, I'm you know I feel fortunate to to call you a good friend and, and sailing buddy these days. So that's definitely you know I I I miss doing the podcast, but you know this I still have some this you know this 
recurring benefits of it, which and so that that's a good thing. Um, and uh, but yeah, and that's the kind of the cool thing about podcast too is it is such a you know. It, it's maybe even more so than than like the YouTube thing or or even a book in some ways because it's like you know you're talk it's like someone's talking to you, you know. And so I know certainly I feel the same way um, with the, the podcast that I've listened to. You know, you feel like you get to know somebody, and uh, it's just kind of a uh, it's a cool medium. It's it's uh, I guess it's kind of like radio, but it's it's long form, so it's it's uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the. I, I agree with you there. The you know chance meeting led to uh, a, a, a friendship that I'm very grateful for and I cherish. Uh, you know that uh, you know I love the time we get to spend together. We have our uh, Cape Charles Cup every year. Um, we had a great time. I think maybe it's a standalone podcast for some time to talk about when we went up and picked up uh, the Alberg in Quantico and sailed it back. That was a great trip. It was. Yeah, it was a good one. Plenty of plenty of fodder there. Yeah, definitely. We'll do that as a standalone, and uh, and yeah, we'll we'll just see where this thing goes. But um, I have a lot of fun uh, hanging out. I appreciate the time uh, you spent with me last weekend up there at the at the boat show. I kind of hijacked you for the day. No, it was good. It was I. One of the the things about I mean, it's it's a lot of fun walking around and uh, and looking at all the stuff. And there's there's so much stuff to take in. But uh, it really is it's more fun hanging out and talking talking with people. Uh, right. So, you know that was good. Right. So before we uh, before we go into uh, the the boat show, do you want to talk any more background stuff? Uh, I'm I mean I'm happy to get into whatever you want. I mean, do you want to? We can flip it too. We can we can do a little intro to your stuff. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Um, cool. So I wanted to I wanted to start. Um, this past summer, I, I, I tagged along with uh, adult sailing. It was my one, my one little <laughs> sailing trip <laughs> in the early part of the year. Um, but we, uh, we took the, the Way River Yacht Club's uh, Islander Bahama 30 Tranquility Base and had a, we were having a great sail out to, uh, out to New Point Comfort there. And, uh, and I was at the helm, and then you kind of pop below, and, and a cushion comes flying out, and you're like, man, <laughs> o- man overboard! Uh, and, uh, which com- I don't know if you remember this, but you completely caught me by surprise. Um, and, uh, and we did in fact save the cushion. I, I would like to say the cushion was recovered. Um, yeah. Well but, done skipper. I, yeah. I absolutely remember that. And of course there's a story behind that and I might've shared it with you and Kevin when we were out on the boat, but, um, years ago, uh, I, I was over in Spain and we were at Rota Naval station there, U S Navy. Uh, has a presence there and they've got a an MWR program that they had little Capri 22s mm-hmm. that you could take out for rent and I had I had checked out with the Navy down in Roosevelt Roads Puerto Rico they have the same setup uh, at MWR down there with the Capri 22 fleet and I, I had my little Navy sailing card so we were stuck in Rota the ship I was on was broke down um, unfortunate terrible place to break down don't don't recommend it. So we were stuck in Rota, Spain. Like, well, you know, we got a lot of time on our hands. We're waiting for this part to come in. Let me go down and check out some sailboats. So I went down there and they said, you got to take the sailing class. Like, ah, do I really? I mean, so, you know, I've been sailing for a while. Uh, been sailing, you know, big boats. I've been checked out by the Navy. I've been through your class. I have a U.S. Navy card. I mean, come on. They're like, well, nope, you got to get checked out here at Rota. 
all right, well, do, do I have to take the class? Can I just get checked out? So they finally agreed just to let me get checked out. So I went down there and the instructor that was on board, she started out with uh, like, okay, we're going to go over some basics here. If you could point to the port side of the boat. Oh, Lord. So, okay, <laughs> port side's over there. All right, next question. Point to the starboard side of the boat. Oh, goodness. All right, port, starboard, bow, stern, mast, boom, halyard, sheets. Can we go sail? <laughs> fine. Okay. So we so we go out and we sail around. Everything's going fine. We're, I'm, you know, showing my stuff. And then the instructor takes a cushion and throws it over the side, uh, kind of just like we did out there in the mob jack. And so I, I, I turned around and uh, came up, sailed up to the cushion, Luffed up, took the boat hook, grabbed the cushion, put put it back on board, and she said, "You failed." Like, what do you mean I failed? The cushion's right here. You did not do the proper ASA approved uh, what man overboard recovery technique, which is like some sort of figure eight thing. Mm-hmm. And something. well, why would I worry about doing all that? And if you know the goal is to get the the man overboard on board, so I didn't get my card that day. <laughs> I had to go home and study the the proper AHA. Uh, approved man overboard recovery technique and that stuck with me for decades uh and so fast forward to 2023 <laughs> and we're out on tv i'm like hey let me toss this over and see what happens <laughs> well what, what i remember you saying was you, that you should um you should you should practice like like it's the real thing so you, and, and so you know like we we kind of debriefed and i think we ended up having to take two passes to get the uh, you know the cushion on board, and uh, and you're like, well, why didn't you just start the engine? I was like, well, I, I don't know. I, I just <laughs> that's not what it, my inclination wasn't to. But like, if it had been a real person in the water, that's probably what what I would have done, right? So right. your point was, you know, you should you should train train the way you're going to do it, and and I thought that made a lot of sense. Yeah, that's good that that came out. Um, you know, critical thinking in sailing is I think vitally important. So it's something that we trained on when we were going to sea, we would do drills you know some skippers would just kind of go through the motions and you'd have you know, I, I was on this one boat and every every drill we did was right after lunch you could almost set your clock to it so lunch would be like 11 30 to 12 30 the galley would close down at 12 30 the watches had changed at noon everybody's eaten wash their dishes and put them away and like 12 45 every day the general alarm would go off and it'd be a fire drill. Okay, fire drill, fire, fire, fire on the main deck. The the hose teams would dress out. We'd take the fire hoses out. We'd squirt some water on the deck. Okay, secure from drill. Uh, abandoned ship, ring, 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 whatever. Abandoned ship, you go to life raft station. <clears throat> you put your life jacket on. Okay, secure from drill. Man overboard. Okay, grab the man overboard. Okay, secure from drill. And, and by one o'clock, you're done. And everybody's going about their day. And you, you get absolutely nothing from that. And then I was on other ships where they kind of practice that train how you fight concept. And they they worked on progressively more challenging drills that were really based in reality. And I'll tell you what, those drills stuck with me. And, you know, we had a couple of incidences in, in my 20 years of going to sea where, you know, the general alarm bell goes off and they say, this is not a drill, this is not a drill, fire, fire, fire. Um, and the whole world takes on a, a new meaning and, and your shipmates take on a new level of importance when you realize you're 10 days out into the Atlantic Ocean and you and your 31 shipmates are the only only help you got. Nobody's coming. 
um, and you need to know what to do. And that's not the time to be figuring out what you should be doing next. You kind of got to go into automatic mode and just take care of business. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think that's one of the things I've certainly taken from sailing with you is, is, is that kind of that attitude, uh, which I certainly appreciate. And I think it's a good thing. Um, is there anything else you take from like your years? I mean, so you've done, you were, you were in the army uh, working on ships for many years. You've uh, been a firefighter for many years. Um, so you have a lot of like emergency response experience. I mean, is there anything else um, that you can, you take from kind of those, those things, those parts of your life and, and bring to sailing? Yeah, I think there's a couple things come immediately to mind. One is is situational awareness, mm-hmm. um, and I tend to, and it, it irritates some people. And I think we we've probably talked about this when we've been out sailing because I know it irritates some people. The other thing is kind of uh, the concept to to don't assume anything, and there's no such thing as over communication. So, um, you know, I tend to try to take things seriously all the time because it's serious business. Yes, we can have fun. Uh, yes, we can enjoy the beauty of it. And I, I love everything about sailing, um, but it's serious stuff and things can go from everything's fine to everything's not fine really quick. And the more in tune we are with each other, the better we will be able to handle those situations when they arise, if they ever arise. If they don't, that's great. You, you can be overprepared and there's no harm. But if you're underprepared and things happen, then stuff starts going wrong. So I tend to, you know, call things by their proper name. Um, I believe that, you know, on a, on a boat, there's a place for everything and everything in its place. So if things are tidy and orderly and neat, and we're all on the same page, you know, I'll, I'll call out targets all the time. There's a, you know, you see that, you know, container ship off the starboard bow. Well, yeah, obviously I see it. It's 900 feet long. Well, okay. Well, the one time I don't say something, you know, we're going to get in a pickle. Um, so like I said, that, that I've been on boats where that just irritates people and they're like, yeah, you know, knock it off, calm down. this is supposed to be fun. But you know, those are some lessons learned from being at sea. And I mentioned in uh, the talk with Harvey Morgan a couple of weeks ago that he was telling a story uh, about a a scary moment he had on the boat. And and I brought up that little saying that, you know, it's it's days and days and weeks of boredom punctuated by moments of sheer terror. Um, (laughs) And the, the more well prepared and in tune the crew is, the more able to handle those situations appropriately and and come out of them good on the other side uh, is, I think, vitally important. And all of those lessons come from many, many miles out at sea. Yeah, yeah, right on. Um, so, t- kind of given all that, um, with a, especially with a with a smaller, you know, a smaller boat. How do you, how do you kind of, you know, cause it's on the flip side, it's always hard to like, you know, it's hard to have, you know, everything is never going to be perfect on a boat, especially the boats we sail, the old boats we sail is always shit breaking, <laughs> you know, like how do you, uh, how do you balance just like, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you gotta go, right? Yeah. I think it's back to that awareness, right? So for example, we noticed, was it last year, not this past Cape Charles cup, but the year before. We noticed the bilge pump was coming on more often than we thought it should. And if if you recall, you know, I was on the helm and you guys spent a good five minutes or so poking around and, you know, lifting 
lifting floorboards and peeking down at the engine and mm -hmm. looking at the shaft coupling and stuff like that. So, you know, my boat was built in 1967. It's older than I am. And it's, you know, going to have things happening. Brand new boats aren't perfect. But we were aware of the situation. We, were, we saw a problem. We identified the problem statement. And then we looked into, you know, possible root causes. And at the same time, we're, we're thinking through courses of action. So, you know, if it gets worse, what are we going to do? You know, if the electric bilge pump stops and the water comes up, what are we going to do? Well, we got a manual bilge pump over here. we got a bucket. we got a whatever. But we're watching and we're looking. So I think it really speaks to that uh, level of awareness. And while still having fun, you know, take these things seriously. And, um, you know, just you know, they don't have to scare you. But you need to know what's going on. You can't just grab on the tiller and put the, you know, the floppy white things up and yeehaw, here we go. <laughs> so speaking of uh, speaking of, uh, of of your boat, what uh, what is next for uh, for Sophie C? I think <laughs> I think you're the. I was actually thinking about. I think I've had at least two, possibly three, Alberg thirty sailors on the podcast in the past. So. Well, it's, de uh, you know, definitely the boat to sail. Uh, everyone aspires to be an Alberg 30 sailor. I know. I, I know I do. <laughs> yeah, well, right now I do, too, because it's been out of the water all year. <laughs> so, um, yeah, next for Sophie C is I'm, I'm about 90% done with some fiberglass repairs to the keel. Uh, we had some water intrusion through the pintle uh, assembly on the keel where the rudder attaches to the keel and... Uh, we kind of did some exploratory surgery and dug that out. So we're real close. I've got to I've got to finish the fiberglass work, and then my wife does all the painting. Uh, she's fired me as a painter, so she'll slap some bottom paint on there, a barrier coat, and some bottom paint. And after that, she's ready to go back in the water. We've done all we've done the engine work. We've done the, some work on the rigging, built some new spreaders, um, and did some bright work. Uh, uh, replaced a bunch of, of running rigging. Um, so so she's ready to go in the water. I've got this trip coming up for work. The goal is to get her back in the water uh, by the end of the month, and then she'll be ready for some fall sailing. Uh, so I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I'm disappointed that we, we uh, spent so much time out of the water this year, but it was valuable time. I think we address some important things and it's still beautiful around here in the fall and into the winter. So I'm looking forward to getting Sophie C out uh, some this winter. We'll, we'll plan on sailing all, all through the winter, uh, you know, not every day, but the, we, there's plenty of good days uh, with decent wind and somewhat mild temperatures. So we'll sail her all through the, the winter. Yeah, no, I, I know. Um, I know we've had some, I've had some great days in, in January you know, you gotta, you gotta pick them, but, but, uh, it's a, it's a nice time of year. Yeah, absolutely. And we're, you know, I keep saying we're so fortunate, uh, to live where we live. Uh, and you now I'm 15 minutes away from the boat. So, you know, when, when the conditions look good I just let the boss know, Hey, uh, you know, going to take a little bit of time to, to go when the conditions are right. Uh, so looking forward to getting out. Cool. Cool. Good deal. Um, well, I'm looking forward to hearing what uh, what is next for Splice the Main Brace. So, talk a, talk a little bit about why uh, why you, your inspiration for for getting into the podcast and what what your goals are for the podcast. Well, so the inspiration 
came from, and I mentioned this in the last episode, uh, the inspiration came from Harvey Morgan. Uh, was having lunch with him and, and listened to some of his, his stories and, and they're great stories. And we, we just, I just had this feeling that somehow we've got to capture these stories. And it's been a little nagging feeling for a while. You know, I've, I've played around with recording some of my memories in, in the way of a book. I've got a, I've got, you know, some number of words, I don't know how many, a couple thousand words down uh, that are trying just for my own sake and maybe for my kids, you know, just kind of, talk about some of the the cool things that I've done and cool places I've been and and just recording that story and then Harvey really um cemented that uh idea that that we got we got to get these stories down and pass them on so for a while I that we the club celebrated its 50th anniversary in 2021 and we had talked about maybe putting a book together with some of these sailing memories uh from a club perspective and so that that did never really happen, you know. COVID lingered longer than we wanted it to, and we all kind of huddled in our little corners and didn't spend a lot of time together. And it just never took flight. And then every time we go out, you know, so Harvey's story's in the back of my mind. But every time we go out, we're all just spending almost the whole time we're out there telling stories with each other, like and they're and they're great stories. And I cherish those uh, those times and those those memories that we share with each other. But we once we talk about them, they're kind of gone uh, until we talk about them again. So I put together the idea for a podcast that would tell the story of the everyday sailors. Um, but there's not a lot of folks telling the stories of the the regular old guys and gals that are just you know bopping around the bay for the weekend. And so uh, the the premise is just simply sit down with sailors from around the bay. We've got you know, some of the most beautiful sailing grounds in the world right here, as far as my not so humble, unsolicited opinion goes. And uh, I think we're fortunate to be able to call this our home sailing grounds. And there are, there's, there's enough to explore here that I can sail here the rest of my life and not see it all. Uh, and there's a lot of people who've gone a lot of places and know some great stories. So that's the goal of the podcast is just getting those stories down for posterity and sharing them with with the wider audience uh which you know <laughs> might just be my mom and my sister but uh uh you know we'll, we'll get it out and get it out there and maybe people will listen to it well i, I know i can i can attest that i, I really enjoyed i've enjoyed all of the, the episodes and, and your interview with harvey uh, morgan was great uh and he is i can highly recommend that that anyone listening to this go go check that out it's, it's great uh so i certainly look forward to hearing hearing what else uh what else is next yeah, appreciate it. So immediately next is check this segue out. Immediately next is uh, <laughs> is is this is the little gorilla podcast we did with Jeffrey Wedig up there in Annapolis last weekend. So we you know worked it out by text message that we were all going to be able to get up there this year. Uh, Jeff goes every year. He's kind of uh, a fixture up there, and and I think a lot of folks know him. He's he routinely uh, gets the recorder out and and interviews uh folks up there uh whether it's sailors or vendors and he, he talk, lets you know gives folks an opportunity to talk about their products and so forth so uh, you know we knew jeff was going to be up there it worked out that you and i could get up there so we, hey we gotta we gotta meet up and and uh you know maybe grab lunch or something and as soon as we walked up he pulls out the recorder hey let's go with the gorilla podcast and, and we'll share that later in this episode uh he he sent it to me so we'll we'll get that in there but uh that that was a good time 
and uh, that, that was pretty cool to have the three of us there uh, just catching up on old times. Yeah, you know, for sure. It's always, I mean, that's part of the fun of, of the, the boat show for sure is, is catching up with people and and uh, it's kind of a big big festival atmosphere. So, uh, yeah, it was good, good to see Jeff, good to talk to him, good to meet his wife, Nora, uh, good to have some, some beers and some, some food. So, yeah, it was, it was good all around. Yeah, it was it was a great time. I had uh, only been to Annapolis twice before. Once many many years ago, I went with my son, and we just stopped by. We walked through the Naval Academy, walked around there, and kind of checked it out as tourists. And then I went to one boat show before that, but didn't spend a whole lot of time there. I was, uh, uh, you know, kind of a, a short-sighted, narrow-minded husband, and my wife was. Uh, I, I I said. When Chris was, or when Jeff was talking to us, that she had come off a knee injury. It was uh, she reminded me it was a foot injury, and she had one of those boots on. She had just come out of the boot <laughs> from some fractured bones yeah. in her foot, and I'm like, let's go to Annapolis and walk around the boat show. Uh, so she humored me, and we drove up there three hours and walked around for a couple hours, and then drove three hours home. And I, I didn't, uh, I, I didn't see a whole lot, uh, and I don't remember a whole lot other than some really big, expensive catamarans and an Oyster 80 that I couldn't afford. Um, <laughs> so it was good to spend a little bit more time diving a little deeper. Um, so so we, we happened, to, <laughs> uh, we happened to, to kind of follow each other up there. I, I passed you on, on uh, 17, yeah. I think, going up there. Hey, beep, beep. Hey, follow me for a good time. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and so we got up there, and, and I'll, I'll start us off by saying, and, and it's amazing what the folks up there that put that boat show on uh pull off we talked about you know how they the logistics behind it um you know getting all the boats in there at the right time and then building the docks out uh with the boats penned in there and everything and it's just a huge event and and the, and it's really well organized and well put on but my very first impression was um everybody told me follow the signs get off the highway follow the signs just right there go to the parking lot at the Navy football stadium. So I followed the signs. I went to the Navy football stadium to park, uh, which was really well worn, bunch of bunches and stuff, but $25 yeah. for a day of parking. That, that kind of took me by surprise. If I had planned on staying two days and I got the two day pass for $43 and parking would have been 50 bucks for two days. I don't know. They might want to rethink that, or I might want to rethink the 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 parking strategy yeah i, I forgot i there. can't remember if it was like that in years prior or i just like blocked it out but yeah it's, it was it's a little spendy yeah yeah but it but it was uh it was nice there's plenty of ample parking there that was really well run they had a bunch of folks there i don't know if they were volunteers or they were paid staff but they had a bunch of folks there directing us to parking and they had more than enough school buses to drive us there to the show and then so, you know, we left this wide open, huge parking lot with it didn't look like that many cars. And I hopped on the full bus and I got off the full bus and there was like 100 million people there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it is. There was it was well attended, to be sure. So what did, uh, did you what uh, what did you like? Did you see any 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 boats you liked? Any uh, any vendors you liked? So we'll come back to my favorite boat, because I think if gauging our conversation when we were up there, I think we might have consensus between the two of us on our favorite boat. We can come to that later. As far as the boats that were at the show, um, there were a lot of really neat boats, a lot of really cool gadgets and stuff. Um, we went on that one, what, what make was that one boat uh, that we went on? I think it was um, 
well, geez, I don't know what it was, but it, on the console, it had push buttons for all the winches, all the halyards. And it was like, you know, uh, main sheet in, main sheet out, jib sheet. I'm like, man, how cool would it be just sit back here and push buttons and drive the boat? <laughs> was that, but was that the Halberg you know, Rossi? I think it was. Yeah, I think that was the Halberg Rossi. Um, oh, yeah. And and they're certainly beautiful. But I'll be honest with you, I don't see me on any of those boats. Um, I I I like. Uh, my Sailing? old 1967 <laughs> Alberg 30, um, you know, and, and they're, they're really cool to see. They're really cool to walk around. There's some great technology. There's some beautiful workmanship, but I, I did, honestly don't really want any of them. What yeah. about you? No, I feel the same way. I mean, I think the, some of the, are, are what I'm, we're both assuming is our favorite boat. I might feel a little differently, but in general, I agree they, they they're, they're interesting. It's fun to go. But they don't, they don't, they don't really appeal to me very much. Um, uh, like like the old like an old, like an old an old you know Albert Dirty or you know something that's got a little bit more uh, a little sleeker looking maybe you know less interior volume for sure. But um, you know I like sailboats. You know those those the, a lot of those the yeah. newer boats are you know it's a lot of push button stuff. You know. Yeah, you know there's a little bit of pride in being in a Spartan. That's right. Environment, and you know, it takes a it takes a tough old salty sailor to spend the weekend on a on a boat that doesn't have five air conditioners and a wine cooler and uh, push button winches. There should be a little bit of suffering involved. <laughs> um, so, I, if I if I was gonna pick one though, that uh, that trimaran that um, yeah, the ra- Rapido like, forty. Yeah, that that was pretty sweet. Um, I think if I had to pick a boat at the boat show, that that might be the one. I'd I'd keep. Well, I don't have six hundred ninety-five thousand dollars sitting around, so it's easy to say this. But if I was in a position to be able to buy a seven hundred thousand dollar boat, I could go ahead and keep the Alberg that's paid for, and I could sail that around and get that, you know, scratch that itch. And then when I wanted to zip around on a rocket ship, I could <laughs> I could hop on the Rapido Forty. Uh, all carbon fiber, you know, triple head sail, triple furling head sail, you know, uh, I don't know how fast that thing goes, but I've got visions of it, you know, going all, you know, regularly over 20. Yeah, that was a sweet boat. And it, and it was set up for sailing, you know, it's like everything, you know, yeah, like you said, carbon, everything, like you could tell it was like, and it was, but it was, it was comfy too. I mean, there was, there was a fair amount of space down below. I mean, it was, it was a sweet boat. Yep, absolutely. And then the other thing that stuck out, st- stuck out, yeah, stuck out. The other thing that stuck out to me, that we we purposely sought out was the the white hulled island packet. I had to go see this. It's like a, it's like the circus freak because <laughs> an island packet is supposed to be that beigey off white color that all the other island packets are. And sure enough, we walked down to Sea Dock and went down. Until we find it, and like, whoa, that's an island packet. It looks like an island packet. You know, they've they've got their look. You know, every designer's got their look, and it looks like an island packet. But it's like, whoa, it's like looking at a like black and white picture of an island packet because the hull was white. It was. It was. I thought it was weird. Very weird looking. <laughs> it was. It didn't. It didn't. Yeah, it threw me off. Actually, so uh, Lene and I went back on our on our drive home from Northern Virginia. We we swung by for about an hour and a half, two hours on Sunday. And uh, I, I wanted to go on the island packet, and there was a line. But I asked the lady, I said, you know, how long have they been making these in, in white? And I, f- I forget what she said, but she said you could get it in any color you wanted. She said you could get a pink one 
if you requested it. Oh, really? Well, I guess that shows how many times I've been to the Island Packet dealer. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I, we, um, when we were down in, uh, I guess coming back on our ICW trip, uh, we met, met a, a nice retired couple on a, I think it was an Island Packet 45. And it was a really, really nice boat. Super comfy, you know, uh, heavy duty. It was, it was a cool boat. Yeah, they're beautiful. I joke about, you know, not wanting a fancy boat and stuff, but I, I, I wouldn't turn one away. No. <laughs> you know, maybe someday <laughs> down the road when I'm doing more than weekend trips and, and you know, I'm heading off into the sunset, I'll I'll uh, have the means to to get something beautiful like that. And, uh, but it's got to, it's got to sail. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah, we, for sure. it's the, 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 you know, modern hull form, you know, sleds, are fun to sail around on, um, but to cruise on, I want a I want a heavy full keeled boat. That's you know I was so so just tickled pink when we were bringing Sophie C home and we got out in the bay and it was a little snotty and um, she just she was in her element and and really was very I thought very comfortable to sail uh, in those winds that we had that second day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, rock rock solid. So how about you? What was your uh, what was your favorite? Anything stand out to you that you, that you feel like you can't live without there as far as the boats go? I do. I, was, I, I really like the Rapido 40, Rapido 40. Um, right on. The, um, that other trimaran, I think it was like an Astis 2020 maybe, something like that. Uh, the, the, the smaller one. The little one that you went on board yes. and, and talked to the guy about. Yeah, that's a pretty sweet boat too. That was cool, and it's, you know – folding it's light you know i forget what he said i think he said it was like 1500 pounds or 28 whatever it was it was not you know it was a light boat um and uh you know that's the sort of i think i'm always thinking like what's what's my next boat going to be what's my next boat going to be and and uh something that i could put on a trailer um is is definitely uh one of the main main things i'm thinking about so that was a neat boat um Right now, so I don't have to buy the Rapido Forty. You get a trimaran, I'll keep my boat, and then yeah. I'll just come out with you and your trimaran. Yeah, there you go, exactly. <laughs> so I thought that was a neat boat, and I'm trying to think what else did we go on? We went on those Halberg Rossies, uh, which were you know gorgeous. Um, we went on a couple of catamarans. Yeah, which all kind of blend in in my mind. I mean, they're I mean they <laughs> they would be you know great you know great party boat down down the island somewhere. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it was good. I, I like walking around the tents and, and checking out all the stuff, doing the you know the sand the sand test with the little mini anchors and uh, and all that good stuff. I think they nailed it with that display because um, I want one of those anchors. Um, you know, there's a little sandbox with two anchors. One's uh, I think a little Delta anchor, and the other one is I should remember the name of the company if I'm going to tout their product. But uh, the other one was that. <laughs> beautiful stainless steel anchor that had the little lead tip in it um or it wasn't lead what was it they had in the tip there yeah no i think um, it was lead filled i think I was think it lead right. filled yeah. yeah and you you pull on the chain and and their anchor just dives into the sand and digs in i'm like whoa that's that you, you got me yes you, you sold me right there you didn't sell me with the pretty stainless steel coating and all that but you sold me when i pulled on the little chain and the anchor dug in yeah, no, it it was uh it it did seem like a pretty pretty big difference even on that that small scale. And I was of all things, I was impressed with that folding winch handle. Oh um, yeah, that oh, I, the one the Sam Holmes one. <laughs> yeah, so I saw it on his YouTube channel, and I'm like, ah, it looks a little chintzy, you know, and and it kind of goes against my my 
upbringing. Uh, you know, I was taught, you know, as soon as you're done grinding, you take the winch handle out and you put it in his winch handle, uh, winch pocket back to the, there's a place for everything and everything in its place. You don't ever just leave a winch handle in a winch, but this is made to stay in the winch. So it's right there. And it's kind of brilliant. You know, if you buy two of them, you put one on either primary and they're folded up. So they're not in the way. And then when it's time to grind, it's right there. You just grab it and, you know, it had the three settings. So as you get, you know, get the sail in and the tension, you know, everything's loading up. You give yourself a little more leverage. You just by folding the handle out, it takes no time at all. And, and, you know, you're grinding the sails in and then you fold it back up and it's right there, ready to go for next time. You don't have to switch back and forth side to side. Every time you tack, you got one ready to go in either winch. I thought that was pretty cool. But what really impressed me was the quality of the craftsmanship. It looked chintzy on the video, but when you held it, it's really well made. Yeah. You know, that's a cool, cool, cool design. It took, I did, I needed remedial classes on, on how to, to, to lock it in. It took her like three times to show me. I was feeling like an idiot, but, uh, oh, she, she was very patient. She's <laughs> she a good was teacher. very patient, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's cool. It's a cool design. Anything else there that, uh, in the, in the tents that you jumped out at you? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I got some, got some swag, you know, I got a pair of sunglasses. That's always a good thing, right? Those sunglasses were you. As soon as I saw them, I'm glad you went back and got a pair because those blaze orange, yes. uh, you know, Buddy Holly frames or whatever those are. Those those have got Chris Smith written all over. I, I like my rave my rave flavored sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, so there was um, a set of Fowleys there that I really liked, and I had heard about them on Paul Trammell's podcast as one of his sponsors, and it's uh, the the Langley. Um, company and I don't remember the name of the jacket but uh, I saw one there and it was a, the exact jacket that he's advertising on this podcast I'm like oh let me check this out Paul Trammell swears by it and you know oh they look pretty sweet and I flipped the price tag over and it was $599 just for the jacket I'm like I'll go ahead and get wet <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean it did it looked it looked very nice and then and, and he's done some cool sailing up up north too I'm sure it's good to stay stay dry but uh yeah yeah if you're doing that stuff the right kit is is vitally important but I'm not doing that stuff and that's a that's another thing I got to keep reminding myself of you know just kind of go back uh, a ways when I was shopping for both. So I moved to Hawaii in 2005 and it took me about five minutes to figure out I can't afford a house. Um, and I was looking at apartments and it was like, you know, in 2005, it was like $2,700 a month for an efficiency Oof. apartment. Good Lord. You know, I don't know how people can afford to live there. And like, well, let me go look at sailboats on a whim. And I went and looked at some sailboats and I, I looked at a few and I narrowed it down to two, and they couldn't be more diametrically opposed. I looked at this, uh, what I ended up buying was a Gulfstar 44 motor sailor, center cockpit catch. And that thing was like a floating apartment with masts, and it had all the room in the world. But the other boat that I was uh, looking hard at, and I was, it was a coin toss between the two of them, was the complete opposite end of the spectrum. It was a custom steel cutter that this French dude had been sailing. He was on his fourth circumnavigation of the Pacific. And so he was just sailing around the Pacific Rim 
and he had bought a new boat in France and he was going to sell that one and fly back. And this thing was decked out for some round the world sailing. It was a, a, a round the world single handed sailing machine. Cool. And I wanted, I yeah. wanted it. Yeah. That's it had wild. the little dome, right? So uh-huh. with the little steering station down yeah. below, um, and it was so Spartan. There was no, there were no bunks in it. He had like a koa wood frame on the on the cabin sole on the floor that he had a mattress on with a sleeping bag on it. He had a bucket <laughs> to to do his business in, and I wanted that boat. Yeah, that's cool. And it was so sweet. It was the boat to take around the world, and I almost bought it. And I was like, wait a minute, dummy. <laughs> you you got you got a full time job. Um, you got four kids. Um, the the kids got to come visit you. They would have been miserable. Yeah, on, the, on, the, <laughs> on that boat. On the French and <laughs> and and as far as I was sailing was the other islands. I wasn't going around the world, um, you know. But but that was a sweet boat, and you know, no regrets. Loved the loved the Gulf Star. It was a great liveaboard. I couldn't I couldn't ask for a better liveaboard. It was super comfortable, super roomy, um, and did fine sailing around for my little day sails that I did sailing around the islands. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. I, I feel like that's probably another podcast right there. <laughs> yeah, so when we do that podcast, take a note. Remind me to tell you about Walter. I'm not going to tell you right now. Okay. But, Walter. but the Walter story is fantastic. <laughs> good, good. That sounds, that sounds good. <laughs> so, um, you know, before we left the, the boat show proper to go – uh, over to the social hour, um, we went on the Pride of Baltimore, and I thought that was pretty cool. That that's a really neat ship, um, and and I really enjoyed getting a little closer look, at, at, and just thinking about you know every, everything I looked at. I'm like, how's that work? How's that work? What do you do? I just just picture myself singing a sea shanty and 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 pulling on some lines and climbing up in the rigging. Well, maybe not up in the rigging, but watching people climb up in the rigging because I'm scared of heights. <laughs> um, yeah, no, those, it's always, it's, I love going on, on boats like that or ships like that. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, there's all kinds of arcane equipment and, 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 you know, massive blocks and tackle. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's kind of cool trying to figure out what it, what it all does. And the best part was when we were getting ready to walk off the boat, we were kind of queued up in the line to go down the gangway. And there was a young family in front of us a mom and a couple of kids and the little kid was i don't know he's maybe eight nine years old or something like that he says is this where you walk the plank (laughs) that was my favorite part good stuff so after that uh we we hopped in the uber and went over to eastport to j world and uh i was this was um you know one of the events uh, for the whole weekend that I was really looking forward to. We went to the 59 North uh, kind of meet and greet reception over there at J-World, and uh, they had Marie Tharp, Matt Rutherford's uh, boat uh, research vessel, was tied up there, and, and it was open for tours. And, man, man, was it ever open. I think everything on the boat was open for us to look at. You know, get to poke our head back in Matt's cabin. Sorry, Matt, if you didn't want us back there, but the door was open. Um, you know, I thought it was kind of cool. I took a picture of his bookshelf, like all the books he's been talking about forever with, you know, his sailing heroes and and stuff were, were in his bookshelf, and we got to check out the lab and stuff. I thought that was super cool. Yeah, that boat was... That was definitely my favorite. Actually, I, I take it back. The Rapido 40 was cool, but the Marie Tharp was, uh, that boat was badass. 
and um yeah it was just like i mean everything was like it was like com- like commercial fishing gear you know on a sailboat it was it was cool yeah the things that matt has done just amaze me he's he's an incredible incredible uh story in himself and if folks haven't listened to the single-handed sailing podcast you need to listen to matt's podcast is one of the best and he talks about all his adventures from the you know riding the bicycle alone through cambodia laos and vietnam to his um his uh sailboat trip uh to to i think europe and africa and in the caribbean and then his famous uh around the americas trip that he did and then he gets into all the the research with his nonprofit, the Ocean Research Project, and all the work that he and Nicole have done with their various crews on their various boats and uh, sailing a essentially a, a day sailor that harbor, uh, har- what was it, Harbor Twenty Nine or whatever it was yeah, across the, the Pacific. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, so he's the other kind of sailor. So I, I'm I'm in the world <laughs> of the. Uh, we went to Tangier Island, uh, <laughs> and he's in the. I went through the Northwest Passage on a uh, Alban, Alban Vega, uh, and sailed across the Pacific on a on a you know weekender kind of boat, a day sailor. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's, yeah. I don't know if he's, he's an inspiration or if he's like t- terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, he's been successful at everything he does, but yeah, all it's, counts. it's so impressive. I, I don't Absolutely. think I don't think I've got that uh, gene. Um, but it sure is cool to hear his stories. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I would, I'd love to get out on the water for today. So I figured Marie Tharp, that that's what I was saying was, I think was going to be our consensus favorite boat. That was my favorite boat too. And I could have gone up to Annapolis and just gone to the 59 North reception and gone on Marie Tharp and been satisfied. I, I really enjoyed my time there. And uh, I was a little shy uh i saw matt there and i was like oh he's talking to other people and i and you know back to i told you this was gonna be a reoccurring theme back to my fangirl moment there's a couple more here that i'm gonna touch on in just a second but you know i saw matt and i saw nicole and i couldn't work up the nerve to go you know kind of just walk up i don't have that i can't just walk up and talk to people as much as i wanted to it would have been so super cool to talk to matt rutherford for a couple minutes but then you know after that we went over uh and got us uh a hot dog and uh i was tripped out one of my other sailing heroes i'm still tripped out by it and i don't i probably shouldn't say this but i'm gonna say it anyway because <laughs> i just was totally wowed by the fact that nikki henderson made me a hot dog um <laughs> she's like she is a rock star um a youngest female skipper in the clipper race and she won she was on the winning boat in the race to alaska last year um, oh cool i don't think i knew that yeah she is amazing and she's on she's a regular with 59 north now they brought her on board which i thought was brilliant and she's a regular on the on the wind podcast and on the quarter deck and her and august are so great together i just love listening to their podcast and then there she was standing in front of me turning hot dogs over <laughs> and 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 gave me a chili dog and i'm still a little tripped out by that so <laughs> That's part. That's part of the fun of the boat show too. Is is, is rubbing uh, rubbing shoulders a little bit. Yeah, and then and then from there we we went over and grabbed a beer from the dinghy ice chest they had, and uh, talked to Andy Shell, um, 
which uh, was super cool. Thanks for kind of introducing me there because I would have been the same thing. If I was there myself, I never would have gone up and talked to Andy. But you had a connection to Andy and, uh, you know, went up and, and talked to him. And you want to talk about that connection? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've been I've been a, a fanboy of, of Andy's for, you know, for a long time now. And uh, I guess it was probably seven or eight years ago now. Um, I actually crewed for his dad on a, on a, a trip down from... Uh, in, from here in, in Virginia down to the BVIs. Um, so I got to sail with his, his dad is Dennis. And um, I just, I learned a ton uh, sailing with him. He's a, just a really cool guy. He's a, he owns a, a restaurant in, in Pennsylvania and uh, just a fun dude and, and a, a, a you know, good skipper, um, great attitude, um, you know, was, was real calm. We had some pretty big weather on that trip and uh, you know, we'll just talk through what the plan was and you know, it just it was a great trip, I, and, and I learned a ton. So I I kind of I'd emailed with Andy a little bit that you know back then, and uh, and met him I guess at one of the other boat shows, and actually I guess during that during that trip at the the uh, Caribbean fifteen hundred that's what it was, um, but uh, but yeah he's he's been an inspiration of mine, and uh, and is uh, he's, yeah it's just a, an all around cool cool guy. I think it's really cool what he's done with with both the podcast and the business, and uh, it's always cool to kind of shake his hand and say you know thanks for all the work you do. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a little bit creepy, might not be the right word, but I feel like I know Andy. He's and he doesn't know me from anybody. Um, but you know, I've heard I've listened to his podcast from the beginning and you know, I've followed fifty nine North as it's grown and what he and Mia had done and it was so cool to meet Mia. She's super chill and just really cool, just as cool as I thought I thought she would be. But you know, that was kind of the same feeling as I'm I'm like standing next to Andy. Andy Shell and, and Mia Carlson. I might as well be standing next to I don't know Robert Plant and. <laughs> no, I, I feel the same way. It, yeah. is, it is kind of cool, but with the sailing thing too, is like, you know, it is it is a small world, and you have access, you know, and some you have access to these people, and and they're they're generous with their time, which is which is neat. Um, but yeah, no, I feel the same way. It's like you know, uh, it, it, you know, they're in, inspiration. So. I, th- I thought it was super cool. You you walked away. Hey, I'm Chris Smith. And he shook your hand and he said, you sailed with my dad, didn't you? I'm like, how does this dude do it? Yeah, he's no, like, that, that was a long super, time ago. Too. He's like superhuman. Yeah, no, it was impressive. I was like, there's no way he remembers who the hell I am. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, we got on about the Splice the Main Base podcast and Andy Shell takes his phone out of his pocket and goes to iTunes and pulls it up. He's like, I'll check it out. And I'm like, well, that's not intimidating. My podcast, <laughs> one of my podcast heroes says he's going to check. I don't know if he will or not, but it'd be kind of cool if he did. He says, and he was so gracious. He says, uh, you know, I got to keep my eye on the competition. I'm, like, I'm pretty sure I'm not your competition. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's cool. It was, it was, it was fun, fun hanging out. And I saw, um, and one of the guys now who I, I think he's involved in, in the business to a degree, uh, 59 North, um, Ryan was was also on that crew that I sailed with with uh, with Dennis down to the BVI. So I saw him there, um, which is cool. He's a, he's a good guy, and uh, and then a guy named Les was the other dude on that crew. So shout out if Les is out there in the on the internet somewhere. Shout out to Les. Yeah, right on. And it's you know they say it's a small world. You know, in whatever circle you're in, right? Uh, you know, my a friend of mine at work races cars. So he's a race car guy, and he knows you know through the race car scene, he actually knows my neighbor across the street. He lives, this guy at work lives in North Carolina and has got a, got a couple of race cars. 
and he knows my neighbor across the street That's from funny. racing. <laughs> you know, it's a small world. And it's the same thing. It's like, you know, when you ran into to guys that you had sailed with and, you know, it's like picking up right where you left off and I appreciate you introducing me to him. That, that was that was pretty cool. And uh, I'm very proud of myself for not buying a cannon, by the way. Ah. Um, I, I know he's involved with the cannon yeah, thing. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and the only reason I didn't buy a cannon because I was too chicken to go back on Saturday because of the rain. Uh, but I, w- I would have checked out the cannon table, and I'm pretty sure I need a cannon. Uh, but I didn't buy one yet. So There's always next year. They don't, I don't, cannons don't go bad. That's good. That should be on a t-shirt too. (laughs) (laughs) So that was, uh, that was, that was the boat show, uh, experience. It was a good time. I I apologize for being critical of the school buses and, (laughs) and the, and the, uh, the, the fancy new boats and everything. But, um, you know, I, I think, you know, whatever brings us joy is, is what's important. And what brings me joy was kind of like what you hit on the time with friends. It was great to meet Nora. Uh, I didn't know that uh, corned beef puppies were a thing. Oh yeah, they were delicious. Beef puppies with with the uh, with the Guinness, and and had spent a good long time just hanging out and talking and with with you and Jeffrey and and Nora, and that was that was cherished. And the you know the 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 fan moment of, of seeing some of my heroes. Um, and walking around on Matt's boat were were my big takeaways from the weekend. Yeah, no, same, absolutely. Um, and it definitely always, it always, uh, this time of year for me, especially now that we've we sold the boat, it's like I always feel like it's time to head south. I always get get kind of itchy. So the boat show doesn't really help with that like at all. <laughs> but it is. I think, uh, <laughs> I think that's probably the idea from their perspective. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is always fun and, and, and good to see uh, good to see folks and, and check out what's new. So, yeah, I, I like and likewise, I very much enjoyed hanging out with you and, and, and walking the docks. Yeah. At, at work today, I was I was down um, one of one of my crews uh, works down at, at Great Bridge Reservation at just right in between the Great Bridge Locks and the Great Bridge Bridge. Yep. Um, and so I was down on one of our crane barges down there today and we had a, we had a hydraulics guy checking some stuff out for us. And so, you know, I don't really have a function there. The guys that really do the work were doing their thing. So I was standing around watching all the boats go by as they came through the locks Mm -hmm. and we're heading south and it's prime season right now. And they were just stacked up and there's all these boats they are locking through, you know, half a dozen, 10, 12 boats at a time. And then they all line up waiting to go through the bridge. So I got front row seat to check out all the boats that are heading south right now. And I really wish I was one of them. Yeah. Not, yeah. not quite yet, but yeah. soon. Yeah, for sure. No, it's, we, and same thing where, on a, you know, at work, there's not a ton of boats that come all the way up Mob Jack up to the Ware River. But there's usually a couple a year, especially like if there's a big, you know, if there's a big northeaster coming or through or something like that, big front coming through, you know, there'll, there'll be a couple boats that come and hide hide up in the wear. So I'm always like, ah, even yeah. though it's windy and rainy, it looks like a nice place to, to, to hang out. Well, another plug for the Ware River Yacht Club. We'll, we'll get out, you know, in the intervening years, we've, we're blessed um, with the opportunity to, to, to be members there at the club. And we've got, you know, plenty of access to boats there so we can scratch the itch and then go back to work and uh, do our thing. But, you know, but the, the club boats, the keel boats and the, and the Albacore fleet, and then, you know, just the other member boats, there's, 
plenty of opportunity to get out and I'm really looking forward to to sharing the sale many, many more times and creating more stories uh, and and more memories as time goes on. Yeah, absolutely. Seconded. <laughs> well, I appreciate your time, Chris. It's getting late. Thanks for thanks for joining me. Um, you know, we'll put this together and get it out uh, pretty soon. And uh, I, I think you've pretty much cemented your spot here as uh, as the co-host of the Splice the Main Brace <laughs> podcast. I see what you did there. And, uh, you like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, and we'll we'll do some more of this and get some more stories down and and uh, just talk about sailing. Cool, man. Sounds good. And thank you for for making the time and being willing to uh, experiment with the technology here. Yeah, we'll see if it works. If not, we have to remember everything we said verbatim and do it all over again. Yeah, that's all right. We'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Appreciate it. All right. Yes, sir. All right, brother. Thanks. All right. Yep. Catch you later. Cheers. Yep. Bye. Bye. Podcasting nice. at its best. Flag hit me like, in the back of the head. Yeah, Hold yeah. On, I flap, lose, flap, flap. I got to lose this. Yeah, yeah. Hoodie. Lose some stuff. You got a hoodie. The hoodie was it's a, a little warm I can tell on the dock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yesterday, it got hot yesterday, like in the yeah. sun. Yeah. It was just like. It's, I mean, you, can't, you couldn't order this, though. It's pretty perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then as soon as the sun goes like over there, then it's cold. Now you're putting everything back on. All right, we're on the dock doing some guerrilla podcasting with podcasters all, actually. Yeah, form, former podcasters. Former podcasters. Yeah, it's still out there. It's still alive. Yeah, it is. It is still alive. Uh, you're just on hiatus. You know, you'll get back to it eventually. You know what Sabbatical. I mean? Sabbatical. Yeah. So we're with uh, Chris Smith of the Bonnie Boat Podcast, right? Yes, sir. And Scott Titus of the Splice the Main Brace podcast you just dropped a new episode yesterday yep which i have not had a chance to listen to but this is like your first like interviewee kind of like purposely sitting down with somebody and having a conversation yeah it was podcast. We, yeah we, we pulled the recorder out on the boat chris and and yeah. kevin sailed with me in the cape charles cup it's our annual little one race of the year thing. Yeah, yeah um so we pulled it out in there just kind of impromptu right um but yeah this last episode was the first actual sit down and interview somebody, and it couldn't have, it couldn't have been better because Har- Harvey Morgan's a gentleman's name, and and he's a storyteller. He's like a master storyteller. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I pretty I was stressed out about it. I'm like writing notes. I got three different <laughs> things of notes. I don't know which notes to use. Everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm driving to his house, which is like 20 minutes from my house. The whole way, I'm like I don't. I'm like imposter rehearsing yeah, yeah, yeah all yeah, that yeah. right yeah <laughs> so all that's going through my head so i get there i sit down and it pretty much went like hey harvey yeah. thanks for having me tell us a little bit about yourself and then two hours later, later he got like, done telling stories <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's awesome that's the way yeah. you should go you know yeah, what I mean? no effort on my part <laughs> well i just i just finished listening to it and i i very much enjoyed it very Thank much you. enjoyed it, it. yeah, yeah i appreciate no, it and it's it's definitely you know hearing some of those stories about you don't hear of any stories about foster and, and matthews and you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of, oh, yeah. it's back in the woods a little bit off the beaten track. So I, I don't know, I thought it was great. I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate mean, it. Put a little yeah. spotlight's what you want to do. Spotlight stories from the local, local guys around uh, or whatever, guys and gals in the Gloucester, what is it, Mob Jack Bay area. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, you started it when you came down a <laughs> couple true. of years ago. That's true. Well, you saw your fault. sat down at the club. <laughs> you started right? it when you invited me down to Fair receive enough. an award. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So then, yeah, we sat down with Joe and Jim, and I don't yeah, remember yeah. who else was there, oh, but yeah. started talking about it. Full round table. That got the wheels turning, but then, yeah, you know, and, and this comes out in, in the last episode, is uh, 
really Harvey was the inspiration behind doing a podcast in the first place because yeah, I was sitting yeah. there having lunch with him. He's telling me all these stories. So Harvey's 93. Oh, wow. Yeah. He started sailing in the late 40s. Nice. And uh, he's telling all these stories. I'm like, man, we got to capture these yeah, stories, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's, a, it's almost a historical project, you know? That's kind of how I started it, too. Because yeah. even before I came down, I came down to the boat show. This is 10 years. This is the 10th boat show that I've been coming down here with a recorder. But that wasn't even like the goal. The goal was to get the guys on the porch that are telling stories. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Because they're not going to be around forever. You right. know what I mean? And then I ended up at the boat show, and then I started doing this kind of stuff. But yeah, it was definitely porch stories and, and that. And we had a party with like, whatever. You got like 50 people in, the, in a room, and you got 10 different conversations going on. <laughs> and here I am like, where do I put the recorder to catch all these great, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like you got to listen to 10 minutes of 50 people talking to get like 30 seconds of a like <laughs> snippet of genius, you know what I mean? Like yeah. somebody telling a joke or a story or whatever. But yeah, that was definitely the impetus. So congrats right. on you for, uh, you know, stepping up to the mic, so to speak. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's been, yeah, no, it's and good. both of you guys have been real supportive, and I appreciate that. It's, yeah, it yeah. takes a little bit of nudging to get, you know, <laughs> to jump in the pool. You know, you throw yourself out there, you know what I mean? You're, you're exposing your, your soft underbelly. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Helping someone scratches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Totally. Well, what... Uh, so Chris did the Bonnie Boat podcast for what two or three years? Yeah, something like that. Maybe I don't actually know, but yeah, it sounds about something right. Like that, but yeah. it was basically uh, your trip down on the ICW and whatnot with your wife. Yep, yep. And uh, your little boat. Yep. And we did. Uh, we did a little bit of uh, interviews as well, but actually, just just sold the boat. Just sold the this boat past spring. Yeah. Well, you got other people's boats, right? Yeah, that's true. I feel, <laughs> I feel, I feel deep regret. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was time, unfortunately. Well, if, you know, you don't want to maintain it, and you can't actually get on it. Yeah. No, that's and tough. that's kind of where we were at, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. But, There's uh, no show shortage of boats here and there's a guy give, loaning money right <laughs> yeah there. it's yeah. true that's true. all you need to do is sign on the line right? yeah, well i talked to a guy over there just i didn't talk to him for the podcast but this brings it up because he didn't want to talk on on the microphone but he was he's got a sign out there's older boat no problem and it's like no age restriction it's like a 20 percent down situation the, the interest rate's only like seven percent i'm like how do you do that and he's like well it's a certain bank that's worth you know They'll, they're going to rely on the uh, survey and everything to make sure that the boats are in good working order. So they'll, they'll loan on older boats, oh, basically? Older boats, yeah, yeah, because everyone else is capped like at 15 or 20 years. Yeah. It's like, what if you want a 1982 passport? You know what I mean? What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. It makes it easier to, be, to beat the, the seller down a little bit, though. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. if there's no one who will loan money no, on it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. All right, so what are you looking at here? What Have you been to the boat show before, either of you, or...? Been a couple times. Okay. Just, yeah. So I, well, I'm just wandering around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Soaking it all up. What yeah. about I, you? I've only been one time, and it was a day trip, so it's like three hours one way oh, yeah, driving. Yeah. So I think we maybe spent two hours here. Oh wow. And my wife had just come off a knee injury, so yeah. in hindsight, probably wasn't the best time to drag her up here to walk around. So I don't, I don't recall seeing a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I. I'm just going to wander around and see what strikes me. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I brought the recorder. We'll see if I work up the nerve to try and pull it out and stick it in people's face. But uh, yeah, 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 figure yeah, the people yeah. that are selling stuff might be okay yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah, a lot of times they are. Yeah, a little, do a little advertising. But yeah, well, maybe get some content, but just check out boats that I can't afford and, yeah. you know, see what kind of... I saw some cool follies that I want that yeah. I might need to go see the guy with the loan about. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. Well, we were just talking. So you have an Albrook 30. Yep, and all the uh, issues that you had that did not get it in the water this year. Yeah, so I, I do not have a crystal ball, but when when I was getting ready to haul out, they said, well, you know, how much time are you going to need? I said, well, you know, we're just going to do the bottom. We're going to pull the mask, do you know this yeah. and the other thing. 
I think it'll probably take, you know, three, four weeks with me working full time, but it's a 1967 boat, so who knows what we'll find, right? Yeah. Oh, how true that was. <laughs> oh, what are you looking for? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, we got through all the work and then, you know, came up. As soon as we took the mast down, found the spread. It has wooden spreaders. Found the oh, spreaders wow. were rotten, so oh, got to make some new spreaders. And then one thing led to another. So it, it ended up being a couple of months. Yeah, yeah. And we got to launch day, got ready to put the boat in the water, and it was taken on water. Uh -huh. And so it's back out again. <laughs> I took the grinder to the keel which was a little bit intimidating yeah, yeah. Um, but found some suspect spots so finishing that up and I'm gonna get into water just in time for winter time, winter time. So. there you go perfect <laughs> now you guys took a little trip like you said you took that regatta across the and you were on a what an Islander was that an Islander 34 I, uh, Islander Bermuda 30 30 okay yeah. all right and then you've also got other club kind of club boats that you do some sailing on Aside from your one design, Abacor. <laughs> right. Yeah, so the club's down. We were up to three boats. Okay. Uh, so we've had a variety. We had a Catalina 27 for a little okay. while. We had an Irwin 26. That, that was the, a. Was that the one with the swing keel? Yeah, that was a bad idea, well executed. <laughs> um, so the two that we have now, we, we divested those two. Yeah, yeah. And the two we have now are is that Islander 30 and a Payship 26. Very good. Just, Very good. Just like Very good. Yeah. And then you had the big Governor's Cup uh, event when was that? Beginning of August, right? Yep. <laughs> always. Yep. Always the first week of August. August. Yeah. Uh, little one design dinghy regatta. Uh, next year is our 60th, so wow. we're pretty excited about that. We're already starting planning now for the. Yeah. For the 60th, we're going to have all kinds of uh, great, great things there. Have some vendors and some music and some food trucks and cool. all kinds of stuff. So Sweet. So, all right, tell me where people can find the Splice the Main Race podcast. Yeah, i got to think this through. It, it made a lot of sense when I set it up, but i got to think the letters through so I don't get them exactly. out of order, right? Yeah. So it's stmbpodcast.com. There you go. Yeah, and then I'm Scott at stmbpodcast.com. Somebody shoot me an email. I'm still waiting for my first email that's not from my mom. So uh, you know, anybody just there. shoot me yeah. something. Yeah. Tell, yeah. tell me anything. Right. Uh, so I get something in the inbox. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I appreciate you plugging it. And yeah, yeah. been looking forward to getting up here and seeing you. I cannot oh, yeah. believe it's been over three years, years since yeah, yeah. we've seen we, each other. So we did that podcast at the Where River Yacht Club January, like mid-January. 2020, we had what six, eight weeks maybe to go right until everything shut down. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah. slam shut. And uh, that's where you two met because I yeah. called you and said, "Well, you should come over here." <laughs> that was funny because I had listened to. I've got an hour and a half one-way drive to work, right, right. so I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, yeah, and I had listened to the Bonnie Boat from episode one all the way through. Right. And so, you know, when you got to town, you're like, "Hey, I know this guy around here does podcasts." I'm like, "Oh, really? Who?" Chris Smith from the Bonnie Boat. And I kind of had a little freaky, uh, you know, like fangirl moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is too much. I mean, both of you. Yeah, that was the idea, right? But, uh, so uh, now I'm really glad that we made the connection. Yeah. But, you know, so thankful oh, yeah, that we yeah. reached out to you back then, and, and oh, yeah, you yeah. came down. Yeah, and for sure. We got this we've connection. Some, we've done a lot of sailing yeah, together. Got some good Chris trips. Chris sailed in. the Gov Cup with me a couple years ago. Two years and oh yeah, and the Governor's Cup. That's yeah. right on on uh, Cherry Paha. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. And we we brought the. Uh, the boat down from uh, when you bought the boat from uh, yeah yeah that was a fun trip we yeah that was brought a great down trip. from Quantico. <laughs> Quantico. We, we need to yeah. 
We need to do a podcast about that. Sometime. Yeah, that was a good one. That was that was it had, it had a little bit of everything. I'm leaving at 4:15 in the morning, pick in unfamiliar waters, Wonders. picking out <laughs> buoys and day markers with a spotlight. Yeah, Chris on the bow. Yeah, Where's the next one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. right. Get the night vision out. Yeah. I can't see anything. Yeah, I, I bet, man. Well, that's great. Great, you guys. Because you guys got years and years and years apparently sailing to go here yeah so, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah right that's on. awesome um so we got this place main breeze podcast you do the governor's cup in august and that is at the Ware river yacht club yep www.wryc.org so we do we've got the governor's cup right and we also uh do adult sailing lessons they're free okay uh anybody can show up uh, check out the website and sign up. Come out on Sundays. We alternate Sundays between dinghies and keelboats. Okay. Yeah. Um, and just trying to get people out on the water. You know, learn, learn introduce folks to the right. to the sport, and hopefully it catches with some of them. And it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and you got the Y W R Y C swag on. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's because it's long sleeve and yeah, yeah. And to top it all off. You started the Lower Chesapeake Bay Sailing Group on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. So it's not a competition. It's kind of like the. Man of many talents. Like, you know, I forget about this sometimes. I don't. I don't know if man of many talents is the right word. Just a sucker. Um, but sucker for more stuff to do. Yeah, that's yeah. that's been a lot of fun. That kind of took off, and it was on a whim. Like yeah. right around the time I bought my boat, I was looking at Facebook and. I saw the upper Chesapeake, Chesapeake. thing, yeah, yeah. and that was, you know, going okay at the time. Still kind of early on for right. that, and there was a Middle Bay page, and that was kind of, I looked around, I didn't find a little, I'm like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> we need one. Wait a minute, we need one. How do you set a page up? I don't know, so I clicked some buttons, and it yeah. came up. And, uh, you know, we're coming up on 2,200 members right. now, which is pretty cool. And what I was going to say is, I don't know if Brian's up here or not, but. He's uh, coming Sunday. He's coming yeah, Sunday? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm staying on his boat, so he's. Me and him were texting back and forth and talking last night, and uh, but yeah, his plan is to skip the rain and come on Sunday. Brilliant. Okay. <laughs> so Bryant's the mod of the Upper Chesapeake, yeah, yeah. and so it's not a race, but it, it, it's kind of like, it's not a competition, yeah, yeah. but it's kind of like you know the thing with two sailboats going in the same exactly, direction, yeah. right? <laughs> like I've been watching the count go up on on uh, the Upper Bay page, and Bryant yeah, is yeah. killing it with yeah, that, yeah. you know, right. and the burgies and, oh, yeah, and yeah, all yeah. that. And, Yep. And then, so, but we did talk about uh, c- collaborating, and so it's almost wintertime again, so yeah, collaborating yeah. on some of those... Uh, Zoom calls. Yeah, the Zoom call thing. Coffee so with the captain yep, or whatever. Yeah, so we're going to get together on those. I, I, again, yeah, that'd be great. I don't think it's brilliant or anything. I think it's kind of foolish, because now I just put more on my plate. But I, I, <laughs> I told him I'd look into a couple things, so we're going to get yeah. some folks... Uh, yeah, set up there you to go. do some more soft no. underbelly. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> awesome. Well, you can find Scott everywhere. Uh, you can come down and go sailing, and Chris will come along. That's right. Yep. And, uh, you know, you can check out the episodes of the Bonnie Boat Podcast after because Chris has got great sound effects. <laughs> he's got the best radio voice. Like, whenever oh, he's yeah. done playing around with the science stuff he's doing yeah, yeah, now, yeah, right, yeah, he yeah. could just do, like, nighttime radio, like, yeah. smooth jams. Jazz, yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> I can, I can quiet storm action. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> just got to talk close to the mic. Mike, that's right. That's get right. right into it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, I love uh, catching up with you guys. Fun. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah, go get something. We're going to go get something to drink or eat or whatever, and... Uh, uh, this is my lovely wife, Nora. Hi, Nora. Hi, Nora. You guys never actually met no, in person. No, we didn't. No. All right, we're going to do all that here in a second. So, cool. Sail on. Sail on. As always, thank you for joining us on the Splice the Main Brace podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please like and share. 
Feel free to email any comments to scott at stmbpodcast.com. Would love to hear from you. You can subscribe for updates to the blog at www.stmbpodcast.com. Please check out the show notes for links to pertinent information about this episode and the podcast. Thanks again to Craig Bickhart for the use of his song, Chesapeake Bay, off of his album, Home for the Harvest. There's a link to Craig's music down in the show notes. Until next time, this is Scott. I really do appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. What the salt and the sand never reaches, time will.